Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon and it is Thursday, July 15th. Hope everyone is doing well and enjoyed the game last night as much as I did. We're going to jump right into it. A historic game for one for the ages last night between the Bucks and the Suns. The Bucks tie the series at two apiece. They were victorious in that game, 109-103. Uh they were able to extend the lead a little bit late, but it was truly a Phoenix was controlling the game really throughout the first three quarters. Even though the game ended up at tied at the half, it seemed like Phoenix was going to pull away, pull away. They had some epic performances, uh, but the Bucks proved once again last night just what a resilient team they are as they gutted out another huge victory. The resilience of the Milwaukee Bucks is almost, it's, you know, it's not almost, it is inspiring that they just keep coming. They keep coming. They never give up, never give in, even though everyone is seemingly writing them off based on how they play defense, their offensive strategies at at times. They just are resilient and they have proved that this entire postseason. Just a massive, massive win for the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Obviously, first thing I'm going to hit on is Chris Milton exploded in Game 4 last night. The first three games of the series, he he struggled shooting the ball, didn't really get over 20 points. Game 2 was especially weak for Middleton. But you just know with with, with him and, and, and his style of play, he, he was eventually going to explode. He is too good to keep quiet over the course of a seven-game series. He's so smooth. His offensive game is all three levels. And once he was able to get back to the free throw, now he added some more free throws at the end with, with getting the, you know, the, the intentional fouls. But he was finding good matchups to attack on, on defense. They were finding ways to get him a little more space in the mid-range to operate. I really, really liked when Giannis would be sending him those ball screens. It just creates so much space because Giannis, especially in the NBA where they don't call illegal screens or moving screens, Giannis is so big, so strong, he can create a lot of space for Middleton when he comes off that that screen. You know, I'm just thinking about the the play in the fourth quarter. Giannis has a screen, Middleton comes off left to right, pull up 15-footer, and it like the net didn't even move. The The shot was so pure. They were, Middleton was awesome. He ended with 40 points, six rebounds, four assists, played pretty good perimeter defense as well. He is a legit two-way player. He's, he's got long arms. He's good on defense. He's, he, he can read the game pretty well. And when you have him off the ball, whether it's guarding Chris Paul, he's guarding Jay Crowder, he's guarding Devin Booker at times. He can do a lot of different matchups. And when, and when he's off the ball in help defense, he's got long arms, he's tough to drive by, and uh, he did a great job too getting a bunch of de- deflections that, hey, even if they were deflected and he didn't get the steal or even it went to the Suns or out of bounds, those deflections, especially early on, the Bucks, whether it was Middleton, uh, Holiday, Lopez, Giannis, all those deflections, I think, took a toll on Phoenix as the game went on about passing lanes and and having trust in that stuff because Milwaukee is a very, very active defensive team. And we can't talk about the Bucs defense and just the Bucs victory without now talking about Giannis. Another 
massive, massive game for him. You know, he only had 26 points, but he added 14 rebounds, including five offensive rebounds, eight assists, three steals, two blocks, including the block, one of the biggest moments of his career up to this point and potentially one of the biggest moments of this series and maybe even one of the best defensive plays in finals history as well. Of course, talking about the block on DeAndre Ayton, he's guarding Devin Booker with about 40 seconds left. They The Suns have the ball. They run a ball screen. Booker comes off. Giannis is in the help. So he's guarding the ball. Booker throws the ball up to Ayton. Giannis stops, turns on his injured knee, turns and explodes up to the rim and blocks DeAndre Ayton. Gives a big roar. Bucks come down the other end. Middleton bucket. And that, you know, was the turning point of the game. Such a huge momentum play. Just can't talk enough about Giannis willing to take the risk in the moment. You know, he said it after the game and he came across as super charming and with a lot of humility. If if you just read the quote about, you know, when he when he saw the pass going up. And he was going to go defend it. He's, you know, he said that he thought he was going to get dunked on. But just the fact that a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, in that moment of the game, thinking he's going to go get dunked on if he jumps for it, still goes, still puts himself into that spot that that he's not too big for that moment, too big to sacrifice his body and him being on a poster. Because if Aiton posterizes him, that's one of the best dunks in the history of the finals. To him to put himself in that position is just so inspiring and it makes it it makes him so much fun to root for and just such a great great player that he's he's not above anything. He he is a humble superstar who plays for the team, sacrifices for, for the team, and there just aren't that many two-time MVPs who or really basketball players in general if they think they're going to get dunked on are still going to go up to to try and block it. I mean, just just an unbelievable play by Giannis. And offensively, the first quarter was weird. Not going to lie. It was weird. He said after the game that the reason why he's subbed himself out of the game very early in the first quarter, the last two times, is because he basically go had, to, had to go use the bathroom. He, he, you know, I don't know what his hydrating plan is before the game, but... You know, it's working because he's having unbelievable games and maybe it's, you know, he gets an IV before the game and, you know, he just has to relieve himself. But the first quarter was where he didn't seem like himself early on. He only had a couple shot attempts at the rim, got to the free throw line, missed both. And then he had back to back possessions where he took threes. And that was super weird. Now, one of them, he ended up getting a put back dunk on an offensive rebound. But that was like the from from the start of the game. You're it was just like, what is going on? The Bucks didn't seem into it really. The game had didn't really have a flow. Giannis is taking back to back possession threes. It was a little bit just like, what is going on? But they, the resilience again, rebounded, played a fantastic team basketball game. Uh, they really shrunk the bench. Bryn Forbes didn't play. In this game, Jeff Teague played only 11 minutes, really give uh, the guard some some rest. Portis, 21 minutes. I thought his three-pointer, just his energy and his activity was huge. Connaughton, 32 minutes, hit three threes. 
nine rebounds, including three on the offensive glass. Connaughton, as seemingly frustrating as he can be for diehard, diehard Bucks fans, because he's a good shooter, but not a great shooter. And he's just the guy. Look, if, if look, if, if you're going to have Middleton, Giannis, and Holiday on the court, they're going and if someone has to take a perimeter shot, you know, Giannis isn't going to take it, but it, like the other team wants to be Connaughton. And so he may be a little more open than, say, Chris Middleton in those situations. So it's going to lead to him having a chance to, to take those shots. And I thought it was unbelievable, too, about just the resilience and especially Giannis trusting his teammates. Connaughton had a chance for a three to, to tie the game in the left corner. He misses. Tucker battles, keeps the ball alive, somehow gets back to Conton. Conton said going up for a little flip shot where maybe Aiden would have blocked it, but he tries to do a little dump-off pass. It goes right to Jay Crowder, and then in the ensuing, he, he fouls him. Crowder goes to the line. You know, that could have been a moment, especially Conton missing the three in game one against the Atlanta series. That could have been a moment where, hey, uh, the honest or Middleton may have looked him off and may have trust, you know, th- thought to do it themselves. Nope. Giannis continues to trust his teammate, continues to to trust the guys around him, and he gets the ball, dumps it off to to Conton. Conton hits a huge, huge three about a minute, two minutes later. Just trusting your teammates, trusting your shooters. That was such another great sign me about Giannis of just where he's at in his career, where he's at in his superstardom to still in that moment, down 2-1 at home, End of the game, your you know crucial crucial moment, stayed within himself, trusted his teammate, made the right plays. You know you could criticize LeBron all you want for, you know, losing in the finals and whatever shortcomings you may see as a player. But one of the best things about LeBron is he trusts his teammates to the end. He trusts his teammates. He's going to make the right basketball play. He's not going to force it himself if someone else has an open better shot. And Giannis did that last night. It was it was awesome to see. He was willing to set those screens for Middleton to hit those big shots when Middleton had it going, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Bucks played just a resilient, resilient basketball game, and I I was so impressed. the whole, The first three quarters didn't feel like that they had a chance to win, especially with the way Devin Booker was 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 playing. We're gonna talk about that in a second. You know, some of the ref stuff was was weird, but the Bucks the Bucks earned those two victories in Milwaukee. This is a real series. This series, I think, has a great chance to go seven games. Um, but I am so excited. But props to the Bucks for the way that they have been so resilient the last two games. And we're gonna give props to someone else. Props to Devin Booker. You know, I talked about on my podcast a couple of days ago after Game Three was. That was just a weird game. He played a weird game three, didn't seem into it, a bizarre performance from him, and just seeing if he could bounce back. And he bounced back in a major, major way. He had 40 points at the end of it, but he could not be stopped for long stretches of the game, whether it was left-handed floaters, off-balance finishes, mid-range shots it didn't matter what the defense was doing I mean yes Conton got switched on to him a couple times but Conton's a legit awesome athlete stayed with them contested Booker's tough jump shots either mid-range you know Conton's make make him take fadeaways and stuff and Booker it, it was almost like he wasn't there he was that on fire 
a sensational offensive performance, but he stopped himself. Devin Booker could not be stopped, and the only person that could stop him and did was himself. Now, you could argue it was the referees, but he got himself into foul trouble. He got himself into foul trouble again for the second time this series. And, you know, could you say some of those fouls weren't fouls? You know, sure, but a couple of those were legit fouls that that he got called for that that he has to take, you know, not be willing to, to take that risk when he's carrying the offense in large stretches of the game and the only one having really any success against a really, really good Milwaukee defense. And he got really lucky. He got really, really lucky when he had five fouls, sat on the bench. You know, the Bucks didn't take great advantage of it. They were able to cut the lead a little bit, which was huge, you know, cutting from six to three when he came back in the game. But it wasn't like the Bucks took the lead and now five. Uh, there was a fast break, and he wrapped up Chris Middleton on on a layup attempt. Now Giannis continued to play, uh, got the offensive rebound, a putback, but that is a foul. Devin Booker committed a foul on Chris Middleton, or, or sorry, not Middleton, Holiday, as he was driving up to the basket, and it was a it's it's a foul. It's it's a foul in the regular season. It's a foul in the playoffs. They call that. Every single time, I mean, Drew Holiday was going up. Booker had both arms around him, his right arm on his on his back, pulling at pulling at him. That is a that is a foul. It is a foul in every level of basketball, but it was not a foul because the refs knew that Devin Booker was going to foul out of the game. So, could you imagine if by not calling that? And Booker hits two more shots because he did score again, and the Suns win and they're up three-one. The Bucks could legitimately, legitimately play the game under protest, and it would be the next great NBA conspiracy of the NBA is rigged. I mean, could could you imagine what would have happened? All the stories that would have been written that we wouldn't have been talking about his performance on the court. Wouldn't have been talking about Giannis' performance, Middleton. It would have been about the refs and does is the NBA in on it? Luckily, the Bucks won, so we don't have to talk about that. But oh my god! I mean, he 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 committed seven fouls because then he also maybe fouled Middleton on on another drive, and in the regular season, that's definitely a foul. At certain points of the playoffs, definitely a foul. I mean, he, he had seven fouls. And so he's got to do, you know, probably in Phoenix in, in game five on, on Saturday night, he, he, he probably won't get the same type of whistle going against him, but he's got to be a little bit smarter defensively because he almost cost, himself, cost his team the game by committing his fifth foul at that moment on, on Drew Holiday. And I don't understand for the life of me how that wasn't called a foul because how do all three refs miss it? It was almost, maybe it was almost worth it for Budenholzer to call a timeout and foul that and give up the Giannis putback and challenge the call. I don't even know if you're allowed to, but challenge the call and get Booker out of the game because that's definitely a foul and have Holiday go to the line for two. You know, who knows? But Booker purely on the court, had a tremendous, tremendous game. Let's see if he could carry it over to, to game five. But 
he's just got to be a little bit smarter defensively to, to not get into such bad foul trouble. And part of the reason why his foul trouble was such a big deal was Chris Paul no-showed. Chris Paul really, really, really struggled again offensively in, in this game. He, you know, he played 36 and a half minutes, was 5 for 13 from the field, didn't take a 3, no free throw attempts, and it wasn't like the refs didn't give the Suns any free throws. The Suns were 16 for 19 from the free throw line, but Paul didn't get to the free throw line. Yes, he had seven assists, but he had five turnovers, and he had a lot more, you know, deflected passes, weak passes. Um, Chris Paul was—he just wasn't himself last night. You know, you know, no show was probably too strong, but he—he—he he, he wasn't himself. And these turnovers are now a, a big issue. He had five in Game Four. In Game Three, Chris Paul had four turnovers, and. In game two, he had he also had uh, six turnovers. So whether it's his thumb injury that some people are talking about that he keeps grabbing towards that has some tape on it, the effects of Drew Holiday, who is a terrific on-ball defender, maybe it's the Bucks who have the best defense in, in the playoffs and what I talked about with their length and just their size. You know, they are a big basketball team between Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, Lopez is huge. They bring in bring in Bobby Portis. Um, Connaughton has has good size and strength for his position. I mean, this is a really, really good defensive team. It's just strange to see Chris Paul struggle so much with turnovers this many games in a row. He'll probably have a really good game in game five. No turnovers, like 11 or 12 assists because we're all talking about it now. That's something, if you're Phoenix, you got to be like, what's up with him? What's up with him? Uh, and it's just, you know, trying to find ways to, to, to get him going offensively because they need him because he's, he's a crucial, crucial part of, of this team. The other two things that were massively important in this game was offensive rebounds and turnovers. Now, we all got to see the leaked – well, not really leaked – the – post-game speech that Monty Williams gave in the Suns' locker room after game two and about how they put themselves a lot in that position as the Suns had 17 turnovers and and the Bucks got 17 offensive rebounds. That's 34 extra possessions that, that, that the Bucks had. And it's really hard to win a battle game at any level if the other team is getting 34 extra possessions, um, especially if the Bucks only had five turnovers, Right. The Bucks had five turnovers and the Suns had five offensive rebounds. So that's 34 extra possessions for the Bucks and 10 extra possessions for the Suns. It's really hard to win when, when, when the math is, is like that. You know, part of it is, does that get better at home in game five? Unclear, right? Usually think about the refs being a little bit more on their side. Okay, maybe they call P.J. Tucker on, on, on a on a quote-unquote push if he's crashing the glass or Lopez on an over-the-back when he did a, had a great play where he was, able to get, he was able to get a tip in on an offensive rebound. I mean, I, if you, they're just a small, you know, if Milwaukee's going big and, they're, and Phoenix is just playing Aiton, maybe they need to gang rebound more, send more guys to the glass, but this offensive rebounds 
partially are a little bit of luck. You know, the ball does have to fall to you, but usually the more aggressive team wins wins that battle. The Bucks are playing their size, using their size to their advantage. It's been one of their huge advantages in this series, and they were able to use it last night to a huge effect. And turnovers-wise, you know, part of it was Chris Paul, but part of it also, too, is the Bucks are also really good at defense. So I think they'll clean up the, the turnovers going forward, uh, but the offensive rebounds is still something massive to watch, and it'll, it'll be really, really interesting to see because it's also it's hard to box out the Bucks when Giannis is setting ball screens and rolling to the rim, where if he's not shooting, he's get he's rolling to the rim with an advantage to go try to get off his rebound. So someone has to block him out. Lopez is massive. He's like 7'1", 280. Then you have P.J. Tucker sprinting in from the corners, you know, like a bowling ball. He's he's so strong. Um, they're a tough team to to keep off the offensive boards. And if the Bucks are staying aggressive, attacking the rim, uh, they have a great chance to, to win game five with how that aggressive that they've been on the offensive rebounds again, those, those extra shots as offensive rebounds oftentimes lead to open kick out threes and free throw attempts, which are two key, key categories for, for the bucks, but quickly going ahead for game five, we'll talk more about game five on Saturday, but uh, one strategy thing that I liked in this one was we talked about Giannis only 26 points. Well, 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 part of that was Middleton had kind of going, but also because the Suns were sending another guy at him when he was ISOed in the mid post and the low block. They said, we're not going to let him just score on Cam Johnson every time or try to go through Jay Crowder and just isolate and take six or seven dribbles just on one guy. We're going to try to double him and force other guys to to beat them. So they didn't go with the zone strategy, but but they went with the double, uh, which I liked, and that will be something to watch for going into game five. Now, again, two days off. They do have to travel today. Uh, most likely teams travel today, get tomorrow off and practice in the game Saturday. But again, these two days off, both teams can rest their guys. They both have short rotations. So expect, again, maybe a little slight advantage for Milwaukee because Giannis can can keep getting healthier and healthier. But you know this may be big for Chris Paul as well because he doesn't look right. He gets two more days of rest, treatment, all, all that stuff to, to help his apparent thumb injury. But I'm really excited for for Game 5. This has turned into a fantastic, fantastic series. And I am pumped for for Game 5. That's 9 o'clock Saturday night on ABC. That'll do it for this episode of The Double Double. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be much, much appreciated. Also follow us on Twitter at DBL underscore DBL podcast. We'll be back on Saturday. Take care and make it a great day.